0: The coronavirus is creating chaos around the globe, which could destabilize the U.S. economy in the months to come. That is a devastating risk if you are heavy in stocks with no safeguard. Wise investors know to hedge against stock market collapse by investing in gold and precious metals. Noble Gold can help you protect your retirement with gold and silver IRAs. Whether you're a new collector of rare coins or a seasoned investor looking to diversify your portfolio, Noble Gold can help. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com to learn more. That's Noble gold
1: And welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 4 recap here on Reality TV. for are half-ups for episode six and the first ever Lala Perusa. We all have front row seats to, according to Manila Luzon, the most dramatic challenge in drag race history. Your mileage may vary there. I'll welcome, welcome my panel in to witness this series of events with a couple of questions. Brent Wilgemont, if it's not jam and it's not jelly, then what is it? Uh, Girls, don't! Why do you set me up with these dumb questions? Like I, I can't finish
2: your damn funds. Like I don't know what that. I just want to say because I could coming in. You know, you guys know I wasn't very happy last week coming into this episode, and I was, I was really not. I was, re- I was. Re-
0: now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.
2: Really, really annoyed that they were doing this. Like, pissed that they were doing this, okay? And then I will say. Like just as a as an overall thing to say going into this podcast recording, that they did it about as well as they possibly could and they got the outcomes that they that they really probably needed in order for this to work. But that doesn't mean it was a good idea in the first
1: place. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I'm not leaving until I get an answer to my question.
2: <laughs> I don't know what what did you say about what is it, if it's not jam and it's not jelly, then it's probably like um Like, couch padding from Mm. uh, Anita Brown? I think that's probably what
1: it was. Yeah, or the the hams that they were, uh, I think Uranus was was putting out there. Uh, Liana, what's a better thing to interject when you disagree with somebody? Baby or lies?
3: (laughs) Mike, why do you even, I can't finish your puns for you. I don't even know why you ask me these questions. Lies.
2: Lies. (laughs) Lies.
3: <laughs> I don't even. Well, a baby, I guess, is my answer. Or jam or jelly. <laughs> mm,
1: Leon, I, o- I always took you for a beaver stand. You're that girl. I knew you were. Uh, and speaking of moments, you know, legendary moments that involved returning queens, we have an episode that was foreshadowed at the end of the previous episode. Let's get right into it because there's a lot of interesting things going on. I think we're going to sort of tackle things in a bit of an unorthodox style because I will say about half this episode was like Trinity's body, a lot of filler leading up to the actual challenge itself. But I'd say actually to Brent's point, I was definitely in a bit more of the cautiously pessimistic route last week as well. Uh, But I don't know. I feel like looking at RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars as a whole, I think that it makes sense why they keep doing these returning queens. Because if the base concept is like, it's all your favorite queens, asterisks, you know, whatever you think about them necessarily, coming back you want to utilize them as much as possible so it makes sense to bring them back you know in the beginning of the season maybe a checkpoint in the middle of the season where something like this happens and then at the very end of the season and so I can understand why they keep doing it and I tweeted about this last night but I feel like you know the if you look to the results it might not necessarily be something to write home about but I particularly feel like the latter half of this episode Produced a lot of entertainment, and I'm going to come right out and say it. I think if you need to have Queens come back in a season of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, this is the way to do it. And we can talk more about that when we get into the actual challenge itself. But um, it, it was it was a bar to clear, and I think they sufficiently cleared it. They were bending over backwards like Naomi Smalls to clear that bar. Uh, Liana, do you have any quick thoughts about the episode overall before we get into it?
3: Yeah. Uh, I think for me, it felt a little bit like a whole lot of nothing. And I think part of that is because there was a lot of filler in the episode. Um It also felt like the episode had ended four times. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's over. Oh, no, it's not over. Oh, okay. It's over. Oh, no, it's not over. <laughs> um, And because we sort of almost ended up, what, like two weeks back, because now we're back at our top seven. Um It just kind of. I also felt like, why are we bringing Jasmine Masters back? Like she doesn't stand a chance. Why are we bringing Farah back? She doesn't stand a chance. I was actually actively surprised with Gia Gunn, but you know, I had a similar feeling going into it with her. Like, why are we even bothering? I mean, I get the. And why did you have
2: that feeling? You had that feeling because of the editing. Like the editing told me that the first three queens had no chance to come back whatsoever. This was all about Latrice and Latrice only. Seriously, there was nobody else involved here. It was all about the editors telling us what they wanted to tell us about the episode, which is why I thought. it didn't play as well as it possibly could. And I understand that the editors have other things to consider. Like, they have to make a coherent story narrative. They understand they understand how it ends, even though we don't know how it ends. So they have to edit accordingly. I get all of that. But, like, going into the lip syncs, I always felt like, okay, this is all about Latrice. Does Latrice beat Monique or not? Because you knew she was going to pick Monique. And that's where it stood for me.
3: Okay, but I, I will say with the other three queens, though, I think consensus, they were the last three off anyone's draft board. Though, too. So, so that's
2: why I had a problem with this episode. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it was so dumb. That's why why <laughs> I was literally like ranting a week ago going, this is so dumb. Dumb, because the people who are like up for grabs here as, po- for, as far as possibilities to come back are people that we all thought were the cannon fodder anyways. Right. And I said, this is the invoice that RuPaul has to, RuPaul's Drag Race has to pay by putting this kind of cannon fodder into the mix because you know they didn't have to put cannon fodder into the mix. There were other queens that were available who I felt like could possibly win in All-Stars who they could have cast on this season, but instead they, they cast Gia Gunn. And why did they cast Gia Gunn? Because of what Trinity said. She goes, stir the pot. Stir the pot. Now, thank God she's here, but I'm saying that that's the price you pay when you put somebody on a show who, like, there's no part of me that ever thought, okay, Gia Gunn can win RuPaul's Drag Race or Pheromone can win RuPaul's Drag Race. There's just, I just never thought that, and I always did think
1: that about the other six or seven queens. Do you think it just happened to be a set of circumstances where, yes, I mean, it's understandable, I think, if you're working your way from the bottom up in terms of the power rankings, that these three would be the first eliminated, but I think another reason why they sort of bring this idea back as well as season after season is that it does give an opportunity where if someone does get that shock boot and whatever you say about Latrice- yeah, but it's
2: never it never happens i'm sorry to interrupt you mike but i uh, it never happens like we will on an all-star season we have not can, can somebody please tell me the last time we had
1: a shock boot a real shock boot Can someone please tell me that? I mean, you could Uh, you could argue that uh, (laughs) you could argue that you know uh, Alyssa sending home Ginger Ginger. Minge over Mm -hmm. over Katya might be one. I see that was
2: tenuous at best for me. Like I always felt like I understood what was going on there. Like I I I just feel like that given the way that they if they're going to have all star rules, I feel like that this isn't the way to do it. I feel like a a better way if you want to get messy. I think one of the commenters on I think it was Jimmy Pink's video with somebody I watch on YouTube. Said that if you really want the queens, like this episode showed overall that if you want the queens to give you some drama, you should get rid of the lip sync for your legacy rules overall, and you should have the queens nominate queens for lip sync for your life. Like the queens should vote every week, like who did the worst, and then it's a lip sync for your life because that would provide the real drama that we're looking for. And this episode proves that But we can get into it.
3: I like that idea.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I like that idea too. I know, by the way, I don't want my, you know, like I'm, I'm complaining a little bit because I do feel like, I feel like the editors were like telling me the story before I was told the story. So the, the, I, I'm complaining about it from an editing perspective. But from a show perspective, this was great. Like, I mean, Latrice and Monique was fantastic. Naomi and Gia was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> and also, Manila Luzon, I stand you, Queen. You're amazing. I love you. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's like half of the episode was like... <sighs> And half of the episode was, oh, my God, girl, I can't believe it. So it's like uh, there's really not much in between.
3: Yeah, it was it was highs and lows. Wait, I, But like Monet, though, was not in this episode. And I was a little sad about that. Like, I know Naomi hasn't been in this season. And so I should be happy that she actually got some airtime. But yeah. uh, it was like weird to have a format where essentially two queens are going to do nothing. So, you know, they're sitting on the couch like, OK, let's just speculate because we have nothing better to do. Dot,
4: dot, dot.
2: And they didn't speculate. They, they didn't speculate because they because they knew what we all knew, who was going to pick who, and they didn't want to reveal it yet. Mm-hmm. Like, they knew who Latrice was going to pick. They knew who Gia was going to pick. Like, come on, no one's going to pick Trinity. Although they should have after this oh fucking my, left oh scene. Oh, my
1: God. Oh.
2: <laughs> we,
1: we we will get into it. Before we start uh, falling asleep and talking about the first half of this episode, I, I do want to dote a bit on the previous episode. Because it was speculated between us and in the community at large as to... Okay, Manila and Monet's dual win sort of got, you know, uh, canceled out due to the change in the rules, temporarily speaking. But the big question is, who would they have both eliminated? And it turns out that, uh, you know, there was some speculation as to whether both of them would have eliminated Valentina, and they would have. And Valentina, understandably, does not take especially Valentina... You know, 2.0 off in her own little world did not take very kindly to this. Liana, I know you had some thoughts about this.
3: Sometimes I just want to dose of Valentina's delusion because how much happier I'd be <laughs> like <laughs> I, I would do worse in the world, but I'd be so much happier. Like, I'm truly amazed at how well she was able to take the fact that two queens were going to send her home because she had the worst track record leading up to it, you know, in comparison. And she did the worst in the rose. I mean, I think according to some of the judges and uh, and no, she was like, no, that's not what happened. She is fake news. It was great.
1: I I love it because we get this confessional from Valentina where she says, When it comes to me and living in my world with this little coconut head that I've got, it's a lot of fantasies. And when I feel the fantasy, it's my reality. And nobody can change that. Brent, she is literally saying she is delusional. And I am here for it. <laughs> yeah that made me feel a little bit better about it of course i had you know as people who
2: listen to this podcast know like i was on valentina's side on most of this like i like one way or another she got them to laugh and they were laughing at her and some people were like well yeah they were laughing at her they weren't laughing with her i'm like it's please whatever it's drag give me a fucking break like she got them to laugh and other people didn't that's a win to me but other people said no they were just laughing it was like nervous laughter so that doesn't really count i'm like she got them to laugh so that to me, I, I thought she fulfilled the requirements of the challenge. However, I am with you, Mike, that if 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 you're if you're going from the perspective that she's a little bit delusional, having this confessional input here and shown to us was great because it's like, okay, either you you know she's delusional and she's basically admitting to it and she's copying to it, but she's in on the joke, it appears. And so you feel like I felt a little bit better about it. Like even if I'm even if there's a part of me that's like, yeah, she's a little bit delusional. Then I'm like, okay, I feel better about this because I feel like she's, she knows what she's doing. She's giving us the telenovela, a scandal like, I can't believe they would have eliminated me. Look, when really she's like, eh, whatever.
1: I don't I, care. And but I know, Liana, you were saddened to not see a lot of Monet this episode, but I think by far the most impactful thing she did here was when Valentina said, girl, I was hilarious. And it just cuts to Monique's bewildered, or Monet's <laughs> bewildered face just at Valentina doing this fake faint on the couch with two other people sitting next to her, claiming that She had them in stitches.
3: She was just going off of what she felt, and she felt like she had them in stitches. So that is the reality (laughs) of what actually happened.
1: So I want to boil down the rest, honestly, all the other stuff that goes on with this workroom stuff before we actually get to the runway into just a couple of key narrative strands because it really gets grouped into these pairs that end up lip syncing against each other. And Brent, as you said, let's start off with Latrice and Monique because this gets by far the most amount of narrative because you could say it was the most amount of unfinished business we spoke last week about how this was a group that didn't necessarily have unfinished business with the exception of Latrice who as she expresses here felt like she should not have been eliminated Brent give me your overall thoughts I mean I don't don't want to say are you team Monique or team Latrice but how did you feel about the arguments coming from both sides on this
2: I felt like this was a terrible look again for Latrice. I don't know what the fuck she's doing. I don't, does she really think that she's doing herself any favorites here? I had someone who uh, follows me. Or actually, I'm not even sure she follows me, but I retweeted it. Her name is Nia uh, on Twitter. She said, as someone who got into Drag Race late, All Stars 4 was a terrible introduction to Latrice Royale. And I have to agree. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand what she's doing because she comes off as an entitled ho. That's what she does. She comes off as an entitled bitch. I don't understand how she can sit there and act like, okay, well, it's you know, I understand, and my feelings are not hurt, but and they are saying, you know, it's not personal. But, because, they, like, even later in the episode, she goes, well, you know, it's not personal, but it's personal. I'm like, so what, so what are you saying, then? Like, do you not understand that you did awful? Like, let's go back in time, Latrice. Like, episode one, yes, you you maybe deserve to be uh, in the in the top, maybe, maybe deserve to get critiques in episode two. But we saw what happened during episode three. Maybe not your fault, but it wasn't a good look, and you lost your cool, again, during Snatch Game. In episode four... You were clearly the worst out of everything. She's like, well, I didn't have a, fact, a problem with the fact that you eliminated me. I had a problem with the that you were disingenuous with what you said. Uh, Brent, disingenuine,
1: according to Monique. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: correcting her because I don't want to make it sound like a stupid bitch. Like, seriously, <laughs> disingenuine is not a word. I don't know how many times I have to say this. It's not a word. It's disingenuous. Okay, anyway, moving on. Right, so she says, like, I don't understand. I don't, I don't think that you were. I don't think you were honest about the way you eliminated me. And, like, all Monique said was, I love this bitch. She's sickening. She is the real ooh -ah -ah sensation, and I have to give it. I mean, like, Monique was nervous eliminating Latrice. Latrice is a fan favorite, but Monique did what she had to do. I don't know. Again, Liana, can you please tell me what Latrice's actual problem was here? Was she saying she didn't deserve to be eliminated? Was she saying that she did deserve to be eliminated, But, oh, also, it was Monique's friend and she would never have eliminated her anyway? Like, what what was the deal?
3: Okay, I think in this particular situation, I think that Latrice felt that she was eliminated because Monique and Monet are friends. Okay, that's why I think she got eliminated. Now, why does she think she did well enough that it was a friendship situation instead of a report card situation. That I think has to do a little bit with Latrice sort of buying into her own hype. Uh, you know, she's a beloved <laughs> queen. <laughs> a little bit. She's coming back. Oh my gosh. She's so amazing. Everyone's so excited to see Latrice back. We love her. And so I think that that she feels gives her a little bit liber- a liberty to. You know, uh, she's amazing. She's the best. Uh, why would anybody send her home? She's a fan favorite. She's beloved. So I think that that's a little bit where the attitude comes and it's like, oh, I'm a season queen and I'm a fan favorite. So obviously, I can do no wrong.
2: I guess. And then also, apparently, uh, Chad Michaels, you might want to give back that one hundred thousand dollars you got during All Stars one don't because count. Latrice. But Latrice <laughs> says it doesn't. It didn't happen. Like we don't even talk about that. It didn't happen. That that was that was tomfoolery and shenanigans there. I kinda like, get as far it, as though. I can recall, <laughs> you had a chance to win just like everybody else. So I'm just saying. Uh, anyway.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I I think that we all say that All Stars One is definitively different than the rest of the franchise for a reason. But like, I don't know. It, it feels weird to sort of say that. You know, like it's it's sort of like it wasn't
2: just that. It wasn't just that. And I don't mean to. I, this is like Brent interrupting day. But I'm just like I want to push back on this because. It was, that's not what Monique was saying. Totally, yes, it was. She had All Stars one, but she's also saying, you know what? You're a seasoned queen. You have fans. You have followers. You like. You can get booked. Like I just got off of last season. This is so. This is probably the problem with bringing back queens who haven't had a chance to get out into the real world yet. Someone like Monique part who doesn't know how many fans she has yet and doesn't know how awesome she is yet when she tapes all-stars you know what i'm saying like i think maybe that's a little bit of the problem because she only has like what three or four months before that she has to go back into all-stars taping so she really hasn't had time to really absorb the enormity of what's happened to her and grow from that but latrice has and i feel like that's when monique is saying like girl you have it all you are beloved you can, like, just show up at a at a show and get booked while the rest of us are just struggling to make ends meet. You don't need this. What the hell are you doing here? I felt like that's what
1: she was saying more than anything about All-Stars 1. Well, the mm-hmm. All-Stars 1 thing would remind me of, like, Jason Roy came back into Big Brother and was like, oh, Big Brother OTT didn't count because it was different. You know, I mean, <laughs> he might have wanted to forget the BB OTT happened considering that some of the fan reaction to him. But it feels like a very similar type of mentality. Yeah, I didn't want him to win that either.
3: <laughs> yeah, it well, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, I get it. It's it, but it's not that it didn't exist. Like. I pretend it doesn't exist sometimes because it feels like such tomfoolery, but you know, I, it was a competition theoretically that existed. Although here's what I was thinking. I was like, man, since essentially we just stepped back two weeks, some of the budget, if we develop time travel from this season should be sent back to All Stars one so we can have an actual real season instead of dragging this season <laughs> out a couple
1: more episodes. I I, I want to say budget, I would just say like a sense of planning to be like don't <laughs> slap, dash through a season together and then say, oh yeah, we'll make a save in the penultimate episode to make, you know, four queens showdown. I mean, yeah, it's, it's really tough to sort of manage this because you do have to, to Liana's point, put yourself in the head of someone like Latrice and I feel like we get that most poignantly where at a point later on in the episode, Latrice says that, you know, I think part of the reason why, where, part of, you know, where her feelings are coming from as well is that she says, her ego feels it got crushed because she got eliminated by someone like Monique, who, who she personally feels is quote unquote, not on her level. And I don't know if that's a seniority thing. I don't know if it's an ego thing, but I feel like that's very telling in terms of the edit. I'm sorry of Latrice. Latrice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Latrice, how many, how many episodes did you win? How many challenges did you win? Girl? Uh, I'm just, I'm just keeping track. I'm just like, because as far as I can recall, Monique Hart, was in the top during the first episode and she was also in the top in the episode that you got sent home. So what you talking about? What, what you talking about? <laughs> Latrice Girl, is, sit down.
3: No, Latrice is probably like, this bitch only owns two sequin leotards. I have 12.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I did love, I, I kind of did love Latrice going for Monet's like catchphrases though. Like her being turned off by Monique, basically shoehorning ooh sensation into the sending out the person, mm-hmm. uh, which... And you know her also talking, you know, making fun of him about being in confessional, like America. Let's see what's going to happen. Because I'll admit, as much as I love Monique, it's getting a bit rote. How are we? How are we feeling about Gooped? It feels like Monique is really make, trying to make Goop happen in All Stars Four. Do we have any? And it can of his opinions towards our feelings on gooped in the vernacular.
3: Oh my God. I was watching the episode and I was like, "Did she say gooped all the time? Is this brand new? And then Trixie Mattel on the pit stop says gooped. And I was like, when did this become a thing? Am I it's missing something? It's become a something? thing.
2: Yes. Yes. Uh, Apparently it's become a thing. I, I have no problem with it. Honestly, <laughs> I, 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 it was like one of those things where you listen to it and you're like, has that always been a thing? Yes. Like, I, I kind of, I was like, I think it's always been a thing, and maybe I'm just noticing that. But then mm-hmm. now that you're telling me about it, I'm like, oh, apparently it's not always been a thing. She just fooled me into believing that.
1: <laughs> it just seems like every episode we get like, someone's gooped. Mo- uh, Monique begins this with, goop, the slime has just hit us, America, which as a millennial, that might be my favorite use of mm-hmm. goop. So we might yes, have, I like that so, we, we might have to have goop tracker this entire season because mm-hmm. I just noticed that that seems to be, we're adding it to this fantastic. Monique Hart lexicon that is built over the course of only two seasons.
2: (laughs) I take your point about what you said about Latrice, like, you know, giving something back to Monique. But see, that's not that that's not a good look for Latrice. That's a good look for Gia or Farah or Trinity. But that's not the look for Latrice Royale. I don't think she looks good when she when she's punching down like that i i don't i i i disagree with you mike i don't think that's a good look at all
3: um uh monique better be careful gwyneth paltrow is gonna sue her <laughs> yeah. um but i will say in terms in terms of all the tree stuff it was a bad look and it makes me i'm like oh my god it's sort of you know what you were saying brent about this is a bad look for her and uh it's not it's not pretty and it just kind of it makes me uncomfortable entitled? yeah it does Could it you, comes up
2: in titles yes. Yeah, yeah you you thought you thought what I did this entire episode, yeah. which is like you you somehow think that you deserve to be here over other people just by virtue of who you are. Apparently, yes. like you yes. don't have to do anything. I even read a comment from somebody that was like, "Oh, I love Latrice so much." There at the end, I should have just sent them all home and gave Latrice the crown. I'm like, so you you just want to give her a crown for being awesome and lovely? Like you don't care about anything that goes on with
1: with RuPaul's Drag Race. So let's be clear about that, because as far as RuPaul's Drag Race goes. She's not that great. She just isn't. So we got this comment a couple of weeks ago from someone who basically said, is Latrice Royale the Rupert Bonham of RuPaul's Drag Race? Should they do an America's fan vote and have everyone vote on their favorite all-stars? Because that, that's going to give Latrice the money. Oh, that this, no. is, this is exactly it. That,
2: as, as entitled and as nox, noxious as Rupert Bonham was about Survivor, And how he deserved to win, and how the, you know, blah, blah, blah. We all know how Rupert was. That is how I feel when I'm watching Latrice Royale. Now, I will say this she better thank her fucking lucky stars that she came out there and peed all over that runway. Now, I don't think she won. We can get into it. But she did well enough and gave us a a little bit of her craft that I felt good about her at the outro to this episode. But that doesn't mean it was a good look up until then.
3: Yo, yeah. um, I think. For me, it was a situation where I, uh, like, I get it. I get the decision that was made, but I don't necessarily disagree. So I guess I'm not upset necessarily, but I am upset that it got dragged out. It's a very complicated feeling for me with the results of the You mean at the end? Yeah, at the, the end. The yeah, at the end? Yeah, okay, exactly. Cool.
1: All right. Well, let's move into the other, I would say, uh, dramatic strife that comes before we go to the runway here, which is, Revisiting. Hurry up, Mike. We want to talk about the lip sync. <laughs> well, we, we got to go to Farrah versus Valentina briefly because I feel like that's oh the other God. big focus here where, yeah, it's, it's a little tough because, I mean, is basically like, hey, Valentina, I mean, did you really send me home because I was the weakest? And Valentina and the audience all said a, a big resounding yes together. Yes! And, yeah. and, <laughs> and basically, I think the, the rest of that storyline just involves Farrah feeling extremely crushed because of that, and a nice pep talk from Trinity is, I think, able to bolster her performance a bit, but, Liana, did you, did you have any thoughts about this sort of conflict that wasn't really a conflict between these two?
3: No, honestly, not really. As soon as Farrah was like, okay, but did you really think that I did the worst? Yes! Yes, we thought you did the worst, and that's why you were sent home.
2: Yes, it was a cruel twist of fate that it was Valentina. That's the thing. Yes. And, like, a RuPaul's Drag Race has a cruel sense of humor, and it sucked that it was Valentina that had to be the one to send you home. But yes. You deserve to go home. You know you deserve to go home. Let's say. Oh, sorry, who was up for elimination that episode? Uh, her, her. Okay, no. Yeah, Mo, Mo, was it was it Monique or Monet? Who
3: was it? Monet. Oh no, oh, Monet. Oh, no, it was, so it was no.
1: Monique because it was the uh, the the Henny challenge. Yeah, exactly. And she had just won mm-hmm. the last right. challenge. Like girl, bye. Stop.
3: And stop, stop, yeah, stop. wasn't Farah in the bottom?
1: Also,
2: yeah, was in the bottom. Too, the first episode, and Farah was in the bottom too. The second episode, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I think it was. I think Farah just felt upset because i do think actually part of it and she talks about this in Confessional, comes from the fact that i think she put a lot of financial resources essentially everything into this season and to essentially get that cut short and have these outfits sort of be for naught which might not be the case i'm sure she can utilize those outfits more down the line but i think from what she talked about in confessional she's coming from a place where you know her career is still nascent, and she's coming from a point where People have told her many, many times apparently in the past that she is not talented enough to make it as a drag queen. And so I think this is unfortunately opening up old wounds. But I think also from a storyline of cheering Farah up and also making sure we don't get these repeated confessionals, I'm so happy Trinity just sort of like gave her all the tea in terms of like, look, you're going to look back on this like five years from now, even maybe two or three years from now, and it's going to be a blip in your career. Be happy you got the exposure and the tv time and you got a pretty good lip sync to go out on so go out with your head held high
2: i'm a, i'm so here i'm so here for the no nonsense of trinity trinity of the top Ugh, let me tell you i good. like a sheep, like bit, let it be known the bitch is here for business okay like latrice was like here for business on the christmas special the trinity is here for business on all stars four honey because she can't be bothered i love the entire like first uh, 20 minutes was her <laughs> telling gia bitch i'm not bothered I am not Bob. I am not
1: Bob. <laughs> that that might that actually might have been my favorite. You know, in a surprisingly dramatic-filled <laughs> first half. And say what you want to about Gia's whether her mean girl feelings are authentic or built up for the camera, but I would say I think her sniping back and forth with Trinity was actually fairly playful, which was again a bit a bit surprising to see some more light uh, repartee coming from Gia's corner. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably agree. With
3: that. I just I was here for Trinity's no, ma'am. <laughs> you can she can say that all day long i'd be so happy
1: all right well, well let's get into the challenge itself uh before we get onto the main stage can we talk about for a second has anyone uh put out like an alert for alexis michelle that michelle visage is wearing green on the runway how insane is that
2: <laughs> and she looked gorgeous Liana? Were you you buying this? Yeah, yeah. No, I I thought she was good. I
3: mean, I honestly couldn't keep my eyes off of Rue because Rue straight up looked just like a Barbie doll. Her boobs were too far apart but, like, maybe that was Barbie doll realness. Um, (laughs) I I just thought she looked gorgeous. But, yeah, I did notice that Michelle was wearing green and uh, yes, I I don't know. Maybe we should uh, look into the Big Brother house. Maybe uh, Tamar (laughs) knows something about that.
1: Yeah. well, Well, you know, Tamar will not be able to see the show for the next few weeks. So, I think Alexis has one over her on that but yeah we can we talk about rupaul this is like what
2: like two out of the last three or four episodes where she's shown legs for days like coming into this season i forgot that rupaul had legs like i i didn't realize she had legs anymore and then she's shown them like like a couple times now and she was giving me black barbie realness Mm. like it was so good oh she looked like just perfect and i agree with you that her boobs are too far apart but i do think that was part of the barbie realness of it all like it wasn't supposed to look real it was supposed to look
3: plastic she did look she looked just (laughs) like a bar it was amazing like i owned barbies that looked just like her
1: what do you think the like under the table shot is considering how short that dress was
3: (laughs) oh mike is that something that you're interested in i'm just saying there might be a little bit of like like...
1: basic instinct realness going on with rue
2: It's so funny. Like, the the
1: stray boy on the panel is like, so what do you think it looks like underneath? Listen, (laughs) I'm living in my my coconut head fantasy. I'm just thinking about my own thing separate from the podcast. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, I'm thinking like, it's it's just a bunch of tape and like tape and more
3: tape. Like, it's probably not. It actually probably does look like a Barbie then.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's that's very true. (laughs) Just nothing down there. Uh, Well, I do want to get into the, Say what you want to about the concept of returning queens. I want to talk about the idea of this Lala Perusa. For those of you that might not remember, or just as a quick review, basically what's going to happen, actually, uh, PJ Goggin pretty much nailed this when he tweeted his speculation to us that we read at the end of last week's podcast, where in reverse elimination order, the eliminated queens get a chance to lip sync against any of the bottom four queens from last week's challenge. Manila and Monet as the top two are automatically safe, It's as simple as if you win the lip sync, you come back in and take their place. If you lose the lip sync, you're gone for good. The reason why I have loved this the most out of any returning queen format is because this allows you to just sort of rely on your own individual skill. Like, if you don't get in, it's your own damn fault. Whereas All-Stars 2, you had the queens working together in pairs, so you could say that, like, Uh, maybe one helped buoy the other into, you know, getting a chance to get back in the game. All-Stars 3 was that weird thing where it was one group working against another group, and so, you know, there's a good chance that the, the returning group wouldn't be given a chance just to, you know, wring more drama out of the choice being out of their hands to bring somebody back. So, I mean, I really hope if they keep doing returning queens that they bring this format back, because not only did it provide the most entertainment, like Trinity said, it's the basics of drag they do this for a career so you'd have to imagine that lip-syncing is something that they all should be able to do it should guarantee at least some entertainment but it's really like no fit no frills no fringe sorry latrice and it allows people to really showcase themselves as to why they should be all-stars and why they should be there uh liana how did you feel about this idea this iteration of a returning queen challenge.
3: So I will say, I like that element of it that you brought up, Mike, the fact that it relies just solely on that, queen you know there's no paired nonsense there's no group work like it really is you standing out in a lip sync which you know after sort of the fiasco that was what season what was the season when then they did the lip sync extravaganza because like oh valentine didn't know the words so they did the lip sync finale or whatever Mm, um so i think that that emphasis i'm totally okay with i think the part that i really take umbrage with is the fact that the queen would replace The queen that's there. And yes, I know that week to week, it's the judging of that particular challenge. But as you go through an all star season, I think you do begin to build a body of work that you produced in all stars. And it seemed crazy to me the fact that you could have a queen who won a couple challenges and maybe has a bad lip sync. I mean, you'd say, oh, if that queen is that good, she'd never lose the lip sync to the queen returning. But I don't know, the fear of that, like I could, I didn't want Monique to go home and I was terrified i mean i was terrified for any of the queens going home so i don't know maybe that high stakes nervousness is what makes it good television but i was too nervous
2: yeah i'm I'm sort of torn about this I'm, i'm just you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be nice brent for a second and go with it and be like you know what i think this worked because at the end of the day this is what drag queens do like even bianca del rio can get out there and lip sync like this is your basic craft you know as a drag queen is to go out there and lip sync to a song and it's just you against one other queen And you have to go out there and prove yourself. I think RuPaul's Drag Race, over and over again, is about proving yourself. And I will say this, too. That, you know, somebody like Jasmine competing against somebody like Trinity, in order for her to win, she would have had to mop the floor with Trinity. Like, it's not one of these things where it's going to be like, oh, like, maybe you could sort of see where Jasmine maybe beat Trinity. No. Like, for something like that to to occur... Jasmine would have had to pee all over the stage and Trinity would have had to totally drop the ball. In which case I would have said, you know what? That's the, them's the break kiddo. Like, seriously, that's how I feel. So, and it, so knowing that going into it, I feel much better about it. I, and I felt the same way with Pheromone and Valentina that like Valentina was always going to put out a really great product and Farrah is going to have to put out something to beat that. And since she was unable to do that, Valentina's going to stay. And I always felt that way about the queen, like that Rue's going to give, the tiebreaker to the queen who's already in the competition. Like basically, if you've been eliminated, you're going to have to go out there and prove to me why you have to come back. And Ruse never said that that's how she's doing the eliminations, but I have to believe that that's what mm-hmm. I have to believe that that's what's going on. So I feel better about this because I, I, I feel like I'm sort of getting the wink and the nod that the show is telling me that, any queen that comes back is really going to have to earn her spot in order to get back into the competition and in order to take another queen's deserved place there. You know what I'm saying? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. That's a lot of speculation on my part, though, so I understand why you're not necessarily on board.
1: I mean, would you have been more keenly on it if they said up front, you know, if you beat this person, you come back into the competition, but the other person doesn't go home? Because I do feel like what that does is, a, it eliminates the immediacy of the current queens to do well, in which case I think that particularly someone like Naomi, like, really left it all out there because she thought she was really in danger of going home, and B, that might produce, like, having eight queens during episode seven, which they, they already have seven next week, and that might prove to be a bit of a crunch in for the last few episodes, but... It might produce some more unwielding numbers.
3: Yeah, that's true. I think, uh, you know, I think it would be difficult to do it this way, potentially just because you really wouldn't have the current queens involved. But what if they took the four queens that were coming back and then they had to do the sort of lip sync for your life that, you know, we see in the finale? Uh, of season nine and season ten, where it's like they battle yeah. against each other to come back. But uh, I don't I don't, think, know. I don't
2: think that plays very well. Yeah. I think I think look. Like, here's the thing. I agree with you in spirit in terms of what you're saying. I think I think Liana, Like I'm totally on board with you. Like everything you're saying is totally true. But in practicality, it's just not going to happen. That's Something true. like that's not going to happen. It's just not going to work. Like the only way it's going to work is if you have high stakes out there, and that's the reason that this episode played as well as it did. Yep. And the reason why it was ex- as successful as it was is because the stakes were so high and I was so like living and dying for every death drop and every trick and every wig reveal and every twirl on the stage. And if, and if there's no danger of them going home, then I don't really care. Yeah. And I, and I also know in the back of my head that, okay, well, if you know, two or three Queens come back, like, I mean, like if, if, if nobody can go home, then only one or two Queens is going to come back. Like all four of them can't win. So, I, I'm okay with, like, I feel like RuPaul knows what she's doing. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm like. RuPaul knows what she's doing. She knew, basically, who was going to pick who. We knew Trinity was going to go last. I knew Latrice was probably going to pick Monique. If she didn't pick Monique, she was going to pick Naomi. One of the two, because they were seen as the weakest competitors. You know, Monique had been in the bottom, and Naomi hadn't won a challenge. Uh, so, I I I feel like, I, like Ru knew what was going to happen, and was just sort of waiting for the pieces to fall where they needed to fall. And we got a really great show so i'm gonna judge it on the merit and th- the fact is we got a really great show so i'm happy
3: yeah now that now that i think about it because i was on the edge of my seat for every single lip sync because i was like oh my god if Barrett comes back and valentina goes home my god like what a world would we live in <laughs> um and so i yeah i was definitely emotionally invested i think i was just so nervous i was like no don't put my
1: queens in danger. <laughs> by the way
2: I will come for the editors and I, I I'm going to come for the editors on this one because I hated the fact that they went to commercial after oh, every freaking yeah. one that was so overplayed. Like I can only get my heart up in my chest so many times. And like, to like, for like it was so dumb on the first one. Like literally like I'm like Jeremy from survivor. Like you're stupid. You're dumb. Like, why are you trying to make it like, uh, A question of whether or not Trinity is going to stay over Jasmine Mm -hmm. when Jasmine herself is laughing at herself, unable to do any jam or jelly shaking on the runway. Like, why are you doing that? And then you come back from commercial, and again we get another confessional from Trinity about like, I don't know, like I've worked so hard to be in this. I'm like, girl, shut up. Like, just (laughs) let's can we move on? Like, that's why I'm real. I was really like, I'm not. I'm not here for the way this show was edited. Like, uh, you could have done that twice. Like, I feel like they could have done that for Naomi, and they could have also done that for the last one but they but they didn't even do it for the last one so whatever it just the the editing was
1: a wreck to me whatever moving on well maybe something that they could tweak moving forward is i know you were speaking about the current queens feeling like no matter who they were facing up against i mean their place in the game was really up for grabs with the exception of two so again as i mentioned before manila and monet as the top two in the previous challenge end up being. Completely safe here. Uh, you know, they, they make some appearances on the runway that I'm sure we can sort of shoe hit, shoehorn in here before we get into the lip syncs proper. But I know we talked about this a bit actually offline and we actually had learned what the format of the episode was going to be. Now that everything is said and done, do you prefer four versus four with two being immune? Or would you have preferred in another universe, Valentina gets eliminated last episode and they do a five versus five? showdown in this episode
3: maybe we would have had less filler at the beginning of the episode <laughs> yeah
2: right yeah because there was a lot of filler there was a lot of filler in this episode i actually i would have preferred it to be five out of five i was talking with a friend of mine because i was bitching about the format of this episode and they were like well would you prefer that it be five out of five like i mean five lip syncs is a lot And i'm like well i didn't want four lip syncs and she's like see And i'm like but I, that doesn't mean it's right though like seriously I, I feel like that if you're going to do this if you're going to do this it needs to be even it needs to be five like what the fuck were they doing for the entire episode like like Liana said Monet was just like she wasn't even in the episode she was just hanging
3: out okay she was like uh, I like, didn't this was dumb I didn't even know if they were gonna get dressed for the runway I thought they were just gonna like hang out and boy drag cause they were there just like chilling in the work room <laughs> Yes, I'm totally with you. Like they were like sitting on the side, like everyone
2: else is getting ready, and they're just like cackling, like the two guys from the Muppet Show. Like I'm like, really? I what? What are you doing over this? Was this was dumb? Like I mean, they, they again, they better think they're lucky stars that everything else worked as well as it did because having these two bitches safe, like who have been driving a lot of the drama on the show, I I, I felt like that was a that was a bad call. That was a
1: bad. call. And also, I also want to take this time to I think dispute. Knock the tinfoil hats off of everyone who's, I think now saying like, oh, they only brought this in because Valentina would have gone home and they didn't want her to get that's eliminated. Willem was saying on Twitter, yeah, but I, I don't think that's the case. You know, I, I don't either. We've talked to some people. I mean, the fact that they had arranged all four queens to make that return behind the mirror, they had this big production. Uh, even though again, I don't think Farrah got the memo about how you wear black to a funeral and not crimson red, uh, Woo, but I think I, I think the matter of f- i think they they arranged this because they you know in case they wanted to prepare for maybe a fan favorite queen or a big front runner getting eliminated early, so they wanted to build out that bottom four you look now you can understand why someone like Monique ended up in the bottom four in order to sort of set up this twist, so I think that while Valentina would have fallen were it not for this twist, I don't think it was necessarily like oh my goodness we need valentina and we now need to swoop in and concoct this random you know tournament style twist to bring her baggage it was just fortuitous timing for her
2: mm-hmm. yeah i agree and I like farrah said the thing about why well, i wish there would have been when they revealed that both of them had had uh, both chosen valentina uh farrah Mone is like well i wish that i wish that save had been there for my episode i'm like bitch you didn't last long enough sorry <laughs> What you talking about? Yeah, you were like, there's not going to be a save during episode two. (laughs) I mean, like even on American Idol, they didn't use their saves that early. You don't want to use your save that early. You want to use it later on. That's how the otherwise the audience will be like, they'll, they'll reject it. It won't work.
3: Well, so part of part of me wonders if they sort of knew that the first three queens were the cannon fodder. And so then they they decided to have this win four queens because like, OK, well, it's definitely going to be one of the, you know, sort of top seven that everybody is generally thinking could potentially win. So then it'll be dramatic with that one person. And then the other three, like, who cares?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you also do have to wonder, like, when you go into this format. I think everyone assumed that at least one person would be coming back and it would probably be Latrice with the best chance because otherwise, if none of them came back, that's just a big old turd in the toilet, right? Yeah, I guess I would have been fine if none of them came back. Though, by the way, I was living for
2: Monique serving some shade back at Latrice. I know that you gave Latrice some credit for serving some shade at Monique, but Monique. Was in the confessional saying, "Girl, you were sent home because you did the worst and your report card was bad. And oh, by the way, you're doing the same tired pageant yeah. drag mm. that you've been doing since your first season. <laughs> so Sorry weird. about it." I'm like, "Oh, oh, then that was some tea. Yeah, that was I think, That was some tea." And she wasn't
1: lying. It, she was not lying. Mm-hmm. No, and it's interesting. I guess sort of segueing to the runway because I don't think we need to speak really about the runway at all, because I think that... Except for Manila. except for, We're going to talk about Manila. Yeah, we're talk about Manila, <laughs> but I will say, across the board with the ones that were actually competing, this was a really unfortunate runway, because literally all of them were dressed to do something in the lip sync. So, mm-hmm. so a couple of them had reveals ready, some of them had wigs under wigs, and so it, it was sort of like the runway was an afterthought, where they just had to sort of be a conduit to get actually to the lip sync itself, and as a result, I know it's been said online that they say this is one of the worst Runways and drag race history, but I just think it was—I don't know—I think it was unfortunate planning. Maybe if they had done a separate runway and put the two together in terms of judging to have someone advance forward, maybe that could have helped it better. But otherwise, for eight of these queens, it was just sort of something they had to do in order to just fast forward to the lip sync.
3: That's what I thought it was going to be. I thought they were going to be separate. I didn't realize that they were together uh and then uh, why monet and manila but thank god because manila oh my gosh i love the fact that she didn't even have to do anything really this episode i mean she was already safe and she brought a spaghetti look what
2: oh a spaghetti dress with spaghetti on it like that was everything to me (laughs) and the way her hair was done and the way the meatballs and the the sauce was on the dress and and i'm like I I heard it earlier on um, Maddie Rance and uh, Jamar84 on their YouTube channel. Uh, Jamar was like, "Vanilla, this is my kind of drag. And I agree. Like, this is my kind of drag, honey. Like, I love everything. Like, I was so doubted her coming into the season. Like, Mike, you picked her first in our draft. And I'm like, I thought that that was not the best pick. I thought, I thought that, I- basically, I thought she was a little too old to have done well in the current format of Drag Race. God damn, I've been proven wrong again. Like, seriously, and there's somebody else in this cast that I'm wrong about as well. And I own my shit. I always tell you guys, <laughs> I, own, I own my shit. I, I, For real, I didn't think she was going to be that great. And she has proven over and over, she is not just great. She is flipping fantastic on the runway. Like, seriously, I can't believe how good you are, Manila, serving it up and down again. On the other hand, I don't know, Monet, I want to give you credit because you're not in the Kitty Girl Wig and you're looking gorgeous, and you're padded. Some of this felt like a mist to me. This felt very blah. I, I oh. just felt like a pretty dress. Okay, what, no, what, what, I know what, why.
3: Because I think it was supposed to be, it looked like it was supposed to be a nude illusion thing, but it wasn't the right color. It didn't match. And her skin. It didn't that's, match her skin tone, and it was like it was uh, ruffled, sort of weird in the back. Like it didn't lay smooth. But I think that also happened with
2: Latrice too, where like if you're a queen of color, you a girl, I had no queens of color, and they know how to get padding and lacing that matches and mesh that match. It's got to match your skin. I realize it's hard, and I realize TB sucks because I've often talked about the fact that Monique has problems with her makeup on the runway, as far as getting her makeup to work with the light, and that's all true,
1: but work harder do better (laughs) can i say that spaghetti and meatballs might be one of my favorite people places or things in the world and so the (laughs) fact that manila did an homage to that was like just cemented her in my mind as one of my all-time favorites it was so random but god damn did i love it it was it was done so well i was hungry after watching her (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna have spaghetti for dinner that sounds so good right right well let's let's dig into this meal that were these four lip syncs first of all i want to give rupaul credit for doing uh four different readings of the time has come for you to lip sync for your life and good luck and don't fuck it up because i don't know if you guys noticed it's like you could tell Ru was just getting tired and so it was just one time she did it really quietly and then yelled at the end one time she was doing it in a weird accent like you could tell she was getting <laughs> bored of doing it so many times so she just kept doing multiple takes of it yeah, she was slap happy by the end of it. Go ahead,
3: For Leo. sure. Yeah, well, I was thinking yeah. you should have just
1: recorded it once and then played it back. I, I hey, and Rue could have lip synced it. Yeah. Speaking of which, how do we feel, or do we have any feelings about the fact that all four of these songs as uh, delicately unfolded by the racist version of Deal or No Deal in four members of the pit crew with silver <gasps> cases on the stage, how do we feel about the fact that all four choices were RuPaul songs?
2: You want my real opinion or you want my podcast
1: opinion? Oh. <laughs> My real opinion, okay, I'm going to give you the real opinion,
2: because I don't, because uh, again, the show worked, everything worked, I thought it was well done, um, but I am really, I'm really over the show, I actually, after the Christmas special and what they've done here with these, with this shenanigans, and then it a lip sync Palooza, and then Lollapalooza, whatever the hell it was called, <laughs> they didn't have to call it that. You got like Jadlin um, Masters Marble Mouth, Brent. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, and then to, to, to make all four of these RuPaul songs, this is, this is just, like, insanity. Like, you could have had four amazing lip syncs out there with four really great songs. And I'm sorry, but the show is making money hand over fist. Okay, ever since it moved over from Logo TV, which for those of you, some people out there may not even know, but this show used to be on Logo TV, which is, like, the gay channel which is like the channel that you only get if you subscribe to a specific package on cable. And oh, by the way, you got to make sure you get the right package because sometimes it isn't in the the right package. Like That's the kind of channel it was on to begin with. And then it moved over after it built an audience over to VH1. And now that's on VH1, its ratings went up like, I don't know, like 60, 70, 80, or maybe even like 150%. I forget. I know that they had like over a million viewers for their premiere. And I think the previous one was like 500,000 or something. So it's been an amazing a run for RuPaul's Drag Race, which is why they're pumping them out left, right, and center as far as All Stars and new seasons go. Like the new season's going to air, like we're not even going to get a break. The new season's yeah.
1: coming right after All Stars, for God's sake. Cast reveal on Thursday on the VH1 channel on YouTube. Set your uh, set your timers there, people.
2: <sighs> yeah, but uh, I, uh, I I don't understand why they don't give the audience a little bit here. Why don't they throw us a bone? Like, why do they have to pick four RuPaul songs? Uh, uh, you you're making money hand over fist. The audience and the the viewers and the ratings are up. The ads, the ad ratings are up. Everything's great for RuPaul's Drag Race. You can't give us four songs out there, like by four fun artists, like a Shakira song or a Jennifer Lopez song or a Beyonce song. I mean, like maybe there's some people who are too expensive, but there's other B artists who would, would love to have their music on RuPaul's Drag Race. I, I really you mean B B artists, I, right? Oh god. I'm just I'm really annoyed with this. I I, like I know it's like, well, oh it's RuPaul, so of course RuPaul's gonna have four RuPaul songs. But no, I feel like they're doing a disservice to the audience. And they're they're being they're being the one thing that I feel like is unforgivable in RuPaul's drag race. They're being cheap. And I don't like that.
3: Oh uh it definitely felt like a circle jerk for sure. Um Thank you. Uh, but I liked to see that walk and I thought adrenaline worked well. Um despite I know Shangela killed it with peanut butter. She was oh my god, so funny on All-Star Season Three. No, but no, no. That's that's not-
1: the thing. It was freaky money. Freaky Money and Peanut Butter are extremely similar songs.
3: Uh- <laughs> Oh, oh my god you're right i, I thought when you because when you were
1: saying that i was like yeah i agree leona then i was like oh yeah you're right mike i forgot <laughs> yeah it's, it's no. a money 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 versus peanut butter peanut butter peanut butter so it's, it's, yeah. it's two, two sides of the same coin
3: <laughs> yeah okay well i didn't think that peanut butter worked as a lip sync song uh because it's not really a lip sync song like Jess masters didn't even know the words and i didn't notice because like who cares um right. and then kitty girl asked I actually wanted the All-Stars 3 version. I know. Oh.
1: I was like, oh, I was like I hope we get that version cuz that's going to be yeah. like the version that I'll remember now. Yeah. Uh if I, could you imagine like them having to lip sync like Kennedy's verse and then Trixie's verse? That's what I wanted. That's, that's the thing cuz I I have I have downloaded the All-Stars
2: 3 uh version of kitty girl because it's so amazing and i loved it when they did it like i mean like say what you want about that finale and the finale sucked because shangela was the real winner of all stars three but that that kitty girl song was great everything about it it was all it was done all in one take and it was freaking phenomenal so yes that that was the real kitty girl i don't know what this was this was terrible like like let's be real the first two lip syncs were total snoozes they really were yeah like jasmine masters wasn't giving me anything by the way, Trinity better thank her lucky stars. Like, let's just start right there with Trinity versus Jasmine Masters. Because they come out, they do peanut butter. Trinity Taylor better thank her lucky stars that she got Jasmine Masters, that people were too afraid to go up against her. Because I'm sorry, bitch, she mailed it in. This was not good. I, maybe it was because of the song she got, but that reveal was a snooze of a reveal. I was like, what if she got underneath there? It must be something spectacular. And she took it off and it was like a show outfit with tracks yeah. on it. Like, no. I, I didn't get it what was it? it
3: it was like trinity's reveal to looking just like trinity looks and it wasn't yes. even one of trinity's good looks like Thank it her. was like oh, yeah trinity oh my god totally kimchi. phoned it in i was like there better be a kimchi level outfit underneath like you better not you better look like a big old i don't know which, it was barely a like, chi outfit <laughs> yeah exactly oh my god and then she oh then her like butt had its own reveal oh my god how great how amazing
1: uh, yeah, I, I I don't know about the choice because I guess, you know, she was building for the reveal. That's why she walked out with a barber smock on uh, her or looking like she was going to get an x-ray at the dentist or something. Uh, and then in the first few seconds, she throws it off. And I mean, yeah, I guess that that's a big thing. But I mean, don't you want to say that for a big climactic moment? Like, that's what Gia was able to pull off. But She was able to work that outfit until a certain point in the song. And she was able to elicit genuine surprise. Uh, I don't think Trinity was going for much surprise there
2: well that's the thing that, that, that's the problem with that reveal is that it was a big smock and you knew there was something else under it with well, gia's outfit i didn't even know there was something else underneath it like i thought it was a really fun outfit and I, I i wasn't expecting it to come off and that's why the reveal worked and we'll get to that but like for this you knew you're like okay girl i'm waiting for you to take it off we had to watch you go up and down the runway and michelle even made a joke about it when you were on the runway like what's underneath there like, so, like, we know it's coming off, so I feel like she did have to take it off in the beginning, but then, like, her her miss was the fact that there wasn't anything underneath it. Like, she needed to have a reveal upon a reveal in order for yeah. me to really buy it, or a wig reveal, or something. It just, I, I, I didn't care for it. Like I said, she's lucky she got Jasmine Masters, who didn't give a shit and didn't know the words,
1: because this wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I mean, the, the the one benefit, I would say, I guess, to putting... RuPaul songs in for all four is that if you're telling these queens that they have to be familiar enough with any four songs to lip sync them over the course of maybe like a day or so as opposed to like the lip sync for your leg or lip sync for the crown which I'd assume that they get clearance beforehand as to what songs they need to work on Uh, but you want to give them something that they'd be familiar with and you have to imagine that at least RuPaul's Drag Race contestants have at least some familiarity with RuPaul songs didn't seem to help jasmine masters a bit uh i know when she was she was with with latrice she's like i'm working on my words gonna make sure they're organized but damn i mean I, she might have done better with the piece of with a piece of Tweel on her face like she did during the christmas <laughs> special because it was it was all watermelon watermelon uh you know a b c d e f g she was she was working it she was trying to you know do her jasmine master stuff but I mean, I think Trinity had her from the get go when the first shot we cut to of, uh, of Jasmine is just not syncing up whatsoever, Liana.
2: By the way, yeah. I like I Leon, I will say that I liked her outfit. I thought her outfit was great. That catsuit that she wore was very very fun. It just needed to be padded. What the hell? Why was there no padding?
3: She said she had her little padded ass and it wouldn't shake. <laughs> She's <didn't laughs> been eating too many salads. Uh yeah, well I thought I was like, "Oh, the catsuit with her and Valentina." I was like, "That's a great choice to do a catsuit because you don't know what song you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to need to do, you know, for this lip-sync. You don't want to sort of constrain yourself. Like you do if you do end up getting peanut butter, you have to do something like that. I feel like, you know, how else do you lip sync to that song without sort of like rapid movements that are sort of necessary with the uh, the catsuit, which also is why I think Trinity did feel like the need to remove it right away. I mean, I get the whole, like, well, she has to do it because she's in a freaking giant-ass cloak. But also, for that lip sync song to work, I don't know how you do peanut butter with uh, a giant-ass cloak on, so. Well,
1: and I will say, you know, uh, she did her, according to Farrah, her trademark butt shake, and I feel like that just that put it over the top or over the bottom uh, for me, I should say. And I mean, she just, I think Jasmine was doing her thing, but I think Trinity had the energy, say what you want to about the reels, but the fact that she, she does did, did that actual peanut butter reference in whole compared to Jasmine's like three-year-old dancing to, you know, uh, dancing to a, an EDM song, trying to shake whatever they can and just nothing's working. Cause there's no meat on those bones. Like it, it was paltry in comparison. And I think, and, to your point, friend, Jasmine understood that as well. So this was by far the biggest slam dunk of the four lip syncs. And uh, Trinity gets to keep her crown. She was able to benefit from the fact that she was the, the most threatening, it seems. Nobody wanted yep. to pick her or they had mm-hmm. different agendas. And so she, uh, you know, she benefits from that. Yep. All right, moving on. Let's go. Moving on. Number two, <laughs> Farah versus Valentina. Cue the telenovela music. They are doing Kitty Girl. Now, what I will say, Farah was doing Farrah in the best way she could this is a long step from the (laughs) aunt that means well at the wedding dancing that we were talking about from the henny challenge that (laughs) gift that liana absolutely loves to pieces she was doing her own like christina you know britney spears hair tossing fantasy but my question is like if you're gonna do that why did she pick that wig that just had her hair so much in front of her face she was fighting an uphill battle as it was but I don't think it was necessarily helped by the fact that she had to constantly brush her hair out of her face considering she was throwing it around all the time.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a lip sync. You know, I mean, Valentina, famous for covering her mouth during a lip sync, you know, like this was a similar issue where her hair was just always there. And I think also, you know, the dance moves that she was doing, I don't know. I felt like Valentina's dances fit better with the song. And that's part of doing a good job with the lip sync, is understanding what the song is and embodying the song in the best way possible. And I felt like, uh, sort of to Gia's point of, oh, the sexy Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera hair flips, like it was good, but it also didn't like quite fit the song maybe as best it could. And that's why I liked Valentina's interpretation more. Also, Valentina, I felt like was higher energy despite Farah maybe moving, more maybe, um but I, I I thought this was also a slam dunk for Valentina.
2: Yeah, slam dunk for Valentina. uh Again, it wasn't that wasn't great shakes. Like I again, I didn't care for the song. I didn't think either one of them performed it that amazingly. But I do agree with liana that even though Farrell was moving more, that that it seems like that Valentina was more engaged facially mm-hmm. with the song. Like she her she constantly had her eyes open and her mouth moving like you can lip sync and then you can lip sync like you can move your mouth in such a way that really accents the fact that you're lip syncing i feel like she really succeeded in that and that's probably why she won this more than anything and the fact that she really doesn't have a weakness when it comes to lip syncs like i haven't seen valentina lip sync badly yet i mean if you're gonna beat her you're gonna have to do something pretty spectacular and like i said pharaoh just
1: wasn't able to do that uh, and, I mean, maybe Valentina had an unfair advantage. Remember that one episode when she was acting like a cat for the first third of it for some reason? So she has personal experience. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> I forgot
1: about that. <laughs> I also want to mention, before we uh, we get too far away from Trinity versus Jasmine, I just want to bring up, please, everyone, go watch The Pit Stop this week, because it's Trixie and Katya, and if their show is any indication, they're a delight together. But Trixie referred to Trinity's outfit as a, quote, Buka Duka Uka Spooky Voldemort Death Eater Peach Fuzz Freaky Dicky Babaduki Uki Spooky outfit, and I, I think there's a
2: racial slur in
1: there somewhere. <laughs> 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 an outfit says a thousand words, and Trixie got about a tenth of them down. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on to actually. I know that I think from a narrative perspective, Monique and Latrice is the main event, but I think from an entertainment perspective, this one's the main event for me. Uh, Naomi Smalls versus Gia Gunn because I think if the audience Or the queens uh, in the competition had any doubts about Naomi's potential to do super well just because she has been riding the middle and did not really fall into the bottom until last week. They need to watch this lip sync about five times because, good God, I love this. And we can definitely talk commends for Gia as well. I would actually make a candidate that maybe over Latrice and Monique, this should have been the double Shantae. But damn. Na- this was, I mean, this is obviously Latrice's episode and that she came back in. But other than that, in my opinion, Brent, this was Naomi's episode, just from this lip sync.
2: This was Naomi's episode. She peed all over the stage. I know Monique said that, but Naomi did that. I am so happy to be wrong about somebody. This is the bitch that I've been wrong about the entire time. And I, I started to own it a little bit last week, because I, you know, I said that she's been doing really well and, then, and uh, until she laid an egg during the roast challenge. And I'm like, oh, I started to believe in her and now she went out and laid an egg. But god damn, she went out here and earned her spot. I was so happy to see this. Um, I, I tweeted something out. And then Lauren, who follows me on Twitter, because uh, I said something positive about Naomi, I said that, let it be known that Naomi Smalls is turning the party. I admit I was met at best when she was cast. But she's continually winning me over each and every week. I'm rooting for her now. And she wants it. Naomi's so much more than the legs that she's legendary. And then Lauren tweeted me back. Laker R80 on Twitter said my preseason receipt of Brent. uh, She said, I'm also gagged that one lucky gay thinks Naomi is cannon fodder. She's in my top four for sure. So I own my shit, Lauren. I didn't think that Naomi was really worth much. I thought I had seen all I needed to see. In fact, I was a little annoyed even the first couple episodes because she said, I don't want to be seen as a model poser girl. And then she wore model posing outfits out on the runway. But I have been so won over by her and this lip sync more than anything like i wasn't even sure she could lip sync like i'm going to be honest cuz i don't even remember her lip syncing before maybe she did once she
1: during- uh, she did cuz when she finished in the bottom 2 of snatch game she uh beat Acid Betty, which I know at the time was like a big upset because I think everyone was considering Acid Betty Betty a pretty big. Yeah, but I that, that, was that. The, that. was the only time she lip synced uh, before making it to the final three.
2: Yeah, in fact, I thought episode. In fact, I thought Acid Betty did well in that episode. I remember I was a little annoyed with that. So yeah, I, I I didn't think that she had it in her. But this is why this this ladies and gentlemen is why you wait a season or two before you come back and you do All Stars because everything that Naomi did wrong before, I shouldn't say everything, but most of the things that she did wrong during her initial season, the things that we didn't care for her for, the things that were a little weak, she has owned those skills. She knows what she's doing. This lip sync was so great because she came out there, she owned the stage, her eyes were so open like Valentina's, Mm -hmm. but they looked straight at RuPaul, and also the camera, and they were just engaged fully the entire time. And it wasn't just the back which was iconic, and we're going to play that over and over, like, that gave me all of my money's worth and then some it was her scooting on the stage it was her giving us the mayhem miller pose looks of it all at the end which i don't even think people remember that she did that and she like she was giving me personality and life like i think she could win i think that naomi smalls could win RuPaul's Drag Race now. I love her, and I can tell she's hungry for it. I'm. A, I was just like so happy watching her during this because I was like, "You are amazing!" And how did I not realize this
3: before? Told you so. Oh, my God. This is when she came out. I was actually really excited because I remember how mesmerizing she was when I saw her perform. And this was no different. I thought it really translated on TV. I'm sure in person it was even better. I was so happy. I was so happy for Naomi. I mean... I also will never go against her in limbo if that ever comes up for some (laughs) strange reason. Um, But you know what? I will give Gia props. One, reveal I thought worked really well. That's how you do it, Trinity. Uh, And she, she, I mean, girl tried. Like, I could totally have seen this being the, you know, if we hadn't had the drama with uh, Monique and Latrice, this could have been, uh, you know, the double save. So I, I was just all around super happy. This was for me when the episode was like, I got super excited because it was just wonderful to watch, and I liked adrenaline. I thought it worked well as a song.
1: Um, so I, I was overall, I was here for both of them. And I know Brent, you were or you guys were saying like, oh, I wanted the All Stars three version of Kitty Girl. I want the bitch perfect version of Adrenaline, uh, just because <laughs> I, I don't know. I love that episode, and I love the the mashup that they did. That would have been fun. But I, I totally am in agreement with both of you, especially about the Gia stuff, because I mean, uh, I think Naomi lays it out perfectly that some forget that Gia is from the House of Edwards, and so it really, it's like foundation, it's Game of Thrones S motto, should have, you know, it's gonna be like quirks and tricks and, you know all sorts of shenanigans going on on the runway, and she was really turning it out, and I thought that reveal was great I also was happy it happened, because I was not the biggest fan of her, like, weird schoolgirl outfit, <laughs> there, there was something about the tie, with match with, like, the, the frilly skirt, that, that was a little strange for me, but I thought she tore into it properly, she really was like, serving it in terms of moves, but my god, Naomi just had it all she had the outfit she had the sense of the song too like say what you want to about you know the valentina fair lip sync i feel like valentina did a good job but she didn't necessarily like build an arc out of it like some of the best lip sync performers do because i think there just wasn't anywhere to go with the song but like you said brent there were so many different things that naomi was doing that really made it in my opinion the best lip sync of the evening and i'm so happy that this hopefully bolsters her own confidence. She was by far the most nervous coming into this because she had not really done anything, you know, from being in the top or the bottom yet uh, from this season to really necessitate like an individual judgment. But now she's received her first comment and it's a thumbs up. And I hope that she continues with that thumbs up because I am so enamored with her as well. And I feel like uh, if there were any doubts about her, you know, being in this competition, I feel like this completely... Blew any of those negative expectations out of the water. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. All right, moving on to our final one, the one that elicited the double Shantae, Latrice versus Monique in Sissy That Walk. So let's just start here. Liana, in your opinion, who won this lip sync?
3: Oh my God. Uh, well, I thought Monique personally. And I think if I'm going off of. Brent's logic of the queen that's challenging has to do something so above and beyond that clearly overshadows the queen that's still in the competition. I think I would have to give it to Monique because I'm not going to lie, Latrice's hair reveal, the wig reveal was fun. But then when Monique did hers, it was like, yeah. oh, girl, she just one up you. Yes. <laughs> so that was my like kind of overall thoughts on the lip sync. Also, though, OK, Monique slowly losing pieces of clothing did you guys yeah. notice that? That by the end, she was just wearing something else. And I was like, wait, do we not see that?
1: When did this happen? I was very confused. Monique, you know, was able to keep one of her wigs on, but she wasn't able to keep her clothes on. So it gets one or <laughs> the other for her friends when it comes to lip syncs.
3: <laughs> but it like, it came apart in pieces because I remember seeing the shot was on Latrice and then just a little piece of fabric just kind of like flies in front of Latrice. And it was fr- like, it took me a while to watch it back to realize that that was from Monet- or Monique's outfit. So <laughs> that was funny.
2: Yeah, I I mean, this wasn't even close to me. I'm a little annoyed with the double Shantae myself. I mean, Latrice did well, but I thought, as I said on Twitter, that she did her color guard routine without the flags and a split in the middle. Like, that's what it looked like to me on the stage, because I've seen her color guard routine like three times right now, okay? So that's what it looked like. Monique, on the other hand, was engaged in the song and was giving me... like it was, She wasn't trying to take a routine that she previously had. And I'm trying to be fair to Latrice, okay? I'm not, I'm not a hater. But, she's, but Monique did not take a routine previously she had done and then shoved it into a song to make it work. It was like, okay, I got this song, and I'm going to go out here, and I'm going to serve it to you, and I'm going to give you life and I'm going to turn the party, and I'm going to give you everything that you want, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a fan, and I'm going to give you a moment, and she had all of the beats choreographed out, and then she had the wig reveal after Latrice did her wig reveal, and oh, by the way, Latrice's rig, wig reveal, like, if you're going to do a wig reveal, it better be something, like, pretty fantastic. It almost felt to me like Latrice, like, just took off her wig and showed up, showed us her own hair, like, it was, like, there was nothing special about that wig, it was just, like, regular brown black color it it was really small i didn't think there was anything great about it at all whereas monique's reveal was everything and you can say like some people on twitter were like you know it looked a little party city to me okay but bitch this is drag it's drag okay so she came out there and i didn't see it coming she did a wig reveal and she did it to the beat of the music and she had the fan and oh by the way she had the posing and oh by the way she had the splits like she served it and latrice I mean, I don't... I, I guess it's because I've seen it so many times. I don't give credit just because a big girl comes out there and does a split. Like, I don't give you credit just because you're a big girl, like Eureka, and you come out there and you can do a split. Like, that, you don't get extra points just for being a big girl who can do that, okay? You got to do something else to entertain me. And mm. I... I didn't think she did. I didn't think she earned enough. Now, having said that, it's a double Chante. Like if Monique went home, but well, first of all, let me, uh, <laughs> let me again, let me again, throw a little shade at the editors. I felt like I knew instantly once that, once the editors started showing us people saying, Oh, I can't tell who's going to win. I can't, dude, they're both so good. Then I'm like, Oh, it's a double Chante." Like I, 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 I kind of was just waiting. Like I, because it would have been in such an outrage if this had happened, you know. Like, I mean, because like, anybody who watched that lip sync knew that if, that if you're going to give it to somebody, it was Monique. Like, you can either say double Shantae if you want, if you're if you're trying to be nice and you want to throw Latrice a bone, but Monique won that lip sync. And I even asked Twitter, and I had like over like what what is this almost 200 votes? I said, setting aside your personal love for each, who won the lip sync? Uh, and 13 percent of the people said Latrice Royale. 54% of the people, a majority, said Monique Hart, and 33% said it was a double chanté. So only 13% of people thought Latrice, hands down, won the lip sync. I mean, come on. Like, this was, this, Ruth threw her a bone, and if Monique went home here, we'd have been rioting in the streets. But now it's like, oh, okay. I also thought Latrice is a little fake, how, like, she went out there and, like, hugged Monique after all she all the shade. She threw at her. I thought that was a little fake. Like, girl, why are you like? Don't be fake like that. Because it wasn't a good look up until now, and now you're gonna pretend like you're her friend. But whatever, they're all stained. Like, we're, okay, just to be clear, I'm a little annoyed. We're we're back at episode at the end of episode three. At that's where mm-hmm. we are right now. We we have been through six episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race, and we are back with the same cast we had at the end of episode three. Thank you for wasting my time, RuPaul's Drag Race.
1: Well, it's it's very reminiscent of uh season three Manila's first season when I don't know if you guys remember, but like after Delta work went home and there was a double Shantae and then Carmen Carrera went home and then Shangela went home and then Carmen Carrera came back and then Carmen Carrera <laughs> went home again. So like and we this happened a bit in season 10 as well. And that was like my least favorite period of a season that otherwise I really enjoyed where it was like. The double chante of Eureka and Cameron, and then like a bunch of people that we loved started to get eliminated after that. So yeah, again, if you look at the results, it's very odd that we traveled back in time. But on the other hand, I mean, we did say how this was a really strong group of seven queens. I honestly think this might be the best top seven in All-Stars herstory, uh, just from like a performative perspective. So I guess if there's a group of any of them to do it it's this group it's interesting that you bring up uh party city wig because that wig did seem to uh, be very reminiscent of when max was sharing needles on the snatch game for season seven if you guys oh, yeah. remember that <laughs> when she had the origin, maybe she borrowed maybe there's like a wardrobe that she sort of uh borrowed it from but yeah i i agree i think that monique had my attention more yes. during during this lip sync what i will give latrice kudos for is what i give her kudos for just in general as a lip sync performer like she says you know I'm always going to ace this assignment. And it's just because she does a really good job of just performing a song well. I know we always call back to uh, her natural woman performance against Kenya Michaels, where all she does is just stand still. And granted, that's a very different song than Sissy That Walk. But I do feel like, you know, she was she did have that attitude to sort of own the lyrics, at least. Uh, but I, it did feel like Monique just had the more high-octane performance. But that being said, with Latrice being saved, I'm not mad at it. If it was someone like Jasmine who got saved for, in what was my opinion, a subpar performance, I would call more malarkey then, but considering I think all the machinations they had in place, the fact that Latrice was able to put in a good performance compared to Monique's great performance, I I think it elicited enough of a Shantae. It would have been more fun if it was Naomi versus Gia, because that was the more eye popping one, but from a narrative perspective, and especially if they want to keep pumping in, this, oh, now Latrice is back in the competition. Is she going to try to work to send Monique home? That, that provides more breadcrumbs down the line.
3: Hmm. I don't know. I kind of feel... Like, I mean, maybe Latrice will show us something else that we didn't see because it kind of felt like she was asleep at the wheel for the first couple episodes. And maybe we will see some fire under her. I mean, I think she did better um, than maybe Brent thought she did in this lip sync against Monique. I just think that Monique did better. Um, but now I'm like, oh man, maybe what if Gia had come back? Like, maybe that could have been fun. Although I was over her stirring the pot a little bit. So uh, I don't know. This is definitely the the strongest top seven in terms of how I felt at the beginning of the season, like going in, if you had told me this is going to be the top seven, I'd be like, yeah, duh, of course we get through the three cannon fodder and then we're good to go. But I guess Latrice is just rubbing me the wrong way yes, with her behavior in the previous episodes. And so there's a little bit, bit bit of me that feels kind of icky with her coming back, but I also love her, but I'm also upset with her. It's, it's a complicated emotion scape that I'm feeling right now.
2: I also Mike there at the end when Latrice, when they were getting ready for RuPaul to reveal her, uh decision and latrice is talking about the fact that i'm trying to get this back like i laid it all out there after it was taken from me and i'm like no it wasn't taken from you you laid an egg you did mm-hmm. bad like what part of that does she not get she's acting so and i'm like okay i write to me on twitter am i being unfair to latrice because i feel i feel like they're like i'm, I'm like self-editing as i'm talking to you guys and i'm like okay maybe you're being a little unfair to Latrice but this is how I feel when I'm watching her like she's going on about the fact that this was so unfair and she, she had it her, her, her rightful spot taken from her and she said something like that there at the end and I'm like I just I don't feel that way about you I, I really don't I, I, I feel like you had your chance in episode 3 after Snatch Game you were unprofessional because you acted out after someone else was unprofessional and you couldn't keep your cool, and you got a save, and then you blew it again in episode four. So what are you? What are you complaining about?
1: On the bright side, I wonder if she's sent home for a second time. Like, I wonder if her getting brought back. Maybe I'm contradicting what I said two minutes ago. Maybe it puts an end to the storyline of her saying I was un- I was eliminated unfairly. You know, I had this opportunity taken from me. Like, but let me tell you that- how it's going to end. I'll tell you how it's going to end.
2: This I think this because we saw the preview for next week and Latrice. It looks like Latrice. It looks like it's a group challenge, like something about like mm. you're going to host a club party or something like that. I think Latrice and Manila are working together, which is a with, bad with decision. Or are they with Trinity? Okay, well yeah. I don't know who's going to be in the bottom two, but if it's Latrice versus Manila in the bottom two, that's a way out for Latrice. Like that's a way out, so she can be like, oh well, you know, it's my friend, and I don't want to take my I don't want to take the spot for my friend. She can she can walk out not not acting like she's been. Quote had you know what I mean? I think she she didn't like the fact that Monique had one up on her that Monique had eliminated her. She did not like that that this new queen who she didn't know eliminated her. And I was I just because it's because I have ownership over Monique that I'm defensive of her because see Latrice didn't watch or didn't watch much of the, the her original season the original season with Monique when this started taping and so when Monique is on the show, I'm like, I know the Monique that really kind of got shafted during her original season, you know, even though she didn't know the words during her last episode. But, you know, you know what I'm saying. I I, I love her, and Latrice doesn't have the same love and respect for Monique that I have, and it kind of shows in the way she talks about her. Okay, I'm done ranting about that.
1: Liana, what do we think Latrice's chances are? Like, give me, like, a place, a ceiling place that you think Latrice might get to in her return appearance here on All Stars 4.
3: Okay, so if it is this joint challenge or it seems like they're paired up, if she, I can see her being safe for one more episode. Because if she's paired with somebody, I think that you know, with a strong pairing, she'll be able to make it one more episode. But I just from what I've seen so far from her on this season, I feel like there are others in the competition that are stronger. And so I just can't see her making it past, you know, no more than two episodes. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. one at best.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's happened basically in both regular drag race and drag race all stars. I think the people who have made it the furthest being a returning queen were both Trixie and I think Alyssa and all-stars too, who were only able to make it two episodes instead of just the one where everyone else goes through the revolving door. So Latrice has an uphill climb considering the, the herstory that's behind her, but uh, we shall see. And also, I guess to segue a bit into talking about the schedule, because I know there has been rampant speculation on this podcast as to how can they do this when they only have eight episodes a season. And especially now that we have seven Queens left that, you know, muddies the waters a bit more. We have received confirmation this season will not be eight episodes. It will be 10. It is a supersized season of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. And if you do the math, we have seven queens now that should get us to four by episode 10 to have a typical finale. Though, of course, in true All-Stars fashion, it will probably be atypical. So I don't think we can imagine any more shenanigans, at least for the next few episodes. My prediction is one queen going home each of the next three episodes. So we shall see what happens next episode as Brent was talking about. So I'm actually really excited about this challenge. So they're in groups. It's Manila, Latrice and Trinity versus Valentina and Naomi versus Monique and Monet. And this challenge, it seems like something out of like the apprentice where essentially what they have to do is they have to create their own legendary club life. And that includes designing the club, including like actually painting the club filling it with furniture, giving it a theme, etc. And it's, as uh, Monique says in the next time on, it's sort of like nine challenges in one. And that makes me excited, uh, just because it's not that like I didn't enjoy the challenges this season, but when you do get three comedy challenges in a row, you start to want to move on into the next topic on the Trivial Pursuit board. And we've got one here. I can't think of another challenge in RuPaul's Drag Race history that has something very similar to what this is going to be.
3: No, this seemed like something totally different than what we've seen before. I actually like the comparison to the Apprentice Challenge because that's exactly what it feels like. You know, you have to create this club, create this atmosphere, get people to come, get people to have a good time. Um, I have no idea how this is going to go. I'm actually really curious and excited. Um, So we'll see. But just the shots of Monique and Monet in their little (laughs) painters outfits, that was giving me life. So I was here for that.
1: And also Valentine Tina being Valentina uh, using the roller on that wall, Brent. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what this is going to be either. This is this is interesting.
2: Um, It uh, it did remind me of something like almost out of uh, the Apprentice, or even like like Top Chef. Like it's like Restaurant Mm -hmm. Wars. Like Mm -hmm. uh, you have to put together all these things, and you have all these things going on. On the other hand, I feel like there's more room for shenanigans in terms of like the judging because they can kind of do what they want, like pick out little things here and there and say, "Oh, this is why you failed." So. I don't know. I, I, I well, I, I'm withholding judgment, but I may. I, it's something new. We haven't seen it before, so let's see how it goes.
1: I mean, what I'll say about All Stars Four so far is, you know, I went in with the the lowest of expectations for any episode with this coming one, and despite maybe some consternation against the way certain queens were behaving or maybe the structure behind things, I really enjoyed the concept of the challenge, and I really enjoyed the execution, particularly the last two. I mean, it really swung into like both sides the comedy and drama mass that comes with the art of drag which is this sort of like intense personal drama compi- combined with this campy fun and so i enjoyed it so much more than i thought it was going to be we'll see where we move forward from here uh you know if latrice will be able to climb out of that pit and be able to ascend the ranks at least a little bit or if any of these other six queens will fall as a result but i am So excited to get into it for our final few episodes with the two of you. Before we go, since I know that we're all working on some very fun things as uh, 2019 starts to really ramp up, let's go around the horn if you want to give your social media handle and any of the stuff you've been working on from a podcast or otherwise creative perspective. Liana, let's start with you.
3: Yeah, so you can find me on social media. I'm at Liana Boris, L-I-A-N-A-B-O-R-A-A-S. And let's see, with Mike uh, and Shannon, we did a Survivor 2018 year in review podcast, which was so much fun. So definitely check that out. I also recorded a 90-day fiancé season wrap-up all about season six with Puya. So that was a lot of fun. Also, it was just a freaking hot mess and it was a blast. And then, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll be back doing the Big Brother morning updates on Saturdays with Tarim, but I haven't heard from the bitch, so we'll find out. Yeah, all
1: all three Saturday updates. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's just
2: how she is. Uh, (laughs) She doesn't communicate. It's like, uh, you know, uh, Liana, yeah, you're doing Saturdays. Like, of course like you you you, yeah. you knew that right i'm yeah. excited
3: to get the text on friday that's like hey so you're good for saturday right yeah you're good for
2: <laughs> saturday right yeah you're good for like five hours from now okay good sounds good uh <laughs> no you can uh you can find me all, all over uh, social media instagram snapchat and twitter at one lucky gay one spelled out o-n-e and uh i am excited to be covering this season of celebrity big brother and soon after that we're gonna have uh, big brother canada seven on the horizon so i'm excited Big Brother is back in full swing, and I'm here for it, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Yeah, we spoke about this before on the podcast, but for those of you that are Big Brother fans as well, in terms of the Drag Race connection, Tamar Braxton, uh, once a guest on the show, and also someone who had been uh, parodied in Snatch Game before as well by one of Miss Roxy Andrews, is going to be on this season. I'll admit, uh, this is a really interesting cast. After being spoiled with having Ross on there last season, pardon of me wanted, like, a Carson... Or a Michelle, who's done Celebrity Big Brother in the UK, to come on for Drag Race representation. But you know what? Tangential is good enough for me. And this cast seems absolutely wackadoo, so I can only imagine what's going to happen come Monday. And I'm so excited to check out what you guys have to say about it.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Tamar. Uh, she's on my draft team. I think everybody on Twitter is living for her. She's the rock star of the season. Everybody wants Tamar to do good. We're, we're there. Her and Candy. We want her and Candy to just clean house, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and uh, I, and, I, and I have both of them on my team. So, you know, I'm going to win again. We'll see
1: yeah if you guys if you guys haven't checked out the draft that brent did earlier this week be sure to check that out that's it's a nice preview of the 12 celebrities that you'll be watching for the next few weeks uh you can always follow me at a mike bloom type i've been doing a lot of star trek discovery stuff uh the premiere just came out this past thursday i put out a few pieces uh preparing for the premiere and i just put out a slew of interviews with the showrunner with a couple of cast members and a bunch of theory pieces about the first episode as well i'll be doing weekly coverage for the hollywood reporter you can check that out at thr.com star trek discovery and that's all i'll be doing in the near future hopefully some celebrity big brother exit press as well with this absolutely bananas season that we are about to enjoy over the next few weeks alongside rupaul's drag race all-stars and apparently rupaul's drag race season 11 uh, I don't want to speak on behalf of these two, but I think it's safe to say with our schedules, even though the cast is going to be revealed on Thursday, we probably aren't going to get to it until either near the end or that little break between All-Stars 4 and Season 11, just, just to save you guys a couple of questions that you may be asking us. So it's probably going to be a little bit later in February uh, that we're going to be recording that. But I'm I'm excited to find out which new queens are going to be gracing our screens, hopefully in about a month or so. Let us know your thoughts online, anywhere you can reach us as to this episode, what Latrice's prospects are, how ungodly Naomi was in particular in those lip syncs. Uh, I'm so excited to see where we move forward with a rather unconventional challenge on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 4. That's going to do it for this week's installment of the Root Cap. Liana Brent, thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. You may now sashay away. Bye!
4: Wow, how things can change from one week to the next.